0: Welcome to the Muddy Puddle Teacher podcast. Today I've got some very special guests. I've got Muddy Puddle Teacher Jackie, who also works for the Muddy Puddle Teacher. She writes loads of content for us. She's so incredibly creative. She was she. I don't even think she realises this, but she was literally the first teacher we had creating content for us. I think she's been with us now for about a year and a bit. Jackie, is that bit, right? Yeah. Yeah, a bit. and we've also got her mum here as well because not only is she incredibly creative we've got a creative mama as well so we've got them both on so hello Jackie and hello Jackie's mum if Hi. You, hello. hello. if so you would like mom. to
1: introduce yourselves that would be amazing go for it okay so I'm Jackie um I've been working for the Muddy Puddle Teacher for just over a year and a bit um I'm really sorry I do I do apologize I've got my little one here and um, he is eating his lunch, but he'll hopefully be... A and what's
0: fun. his name, Jackie? Because we this love us some
1: We're not just teachers. We're not
0: just working for the vulnerable teacher. We have to raise children as well.
1: Oh, I know. this is it, Isn't it? Yeah, I've got Benjamin here. He's he's just turned one. So I think I must have joined you when I was heavily pregnant, Sarah. I think I did. I was just about to start maternity, wasn't I? So it worked pretty really well. Um, so You've got another one as well, haven't you, Jax? I've got a big one who's at school. He's six. Yeah. So um, And he's just so into the muddy puddle way and I suppose he's given me a big love for it really because he is so that way he loves being outside he loves being with sticks he loves being with stones he loves getting muddy and um, that's what we spend most of our time doing because I think that's what you do as a mum of boys and also mum of girls, as you know. As
0: Absolutely. Well. well, I'm trying to do the reverse. I'm trying to get them more boy and get them involved with things and construction and sort of have that sort of like side of their life. So it works both ways, doesn't it? And it also keeps our kids busy. And that's what we love. So they come home tired. Absolutely. So Jackie, you're also a teacher as well, aren't you?
1: I am, yes. I've um, been a teacher for 11 years. Um, Yes. So um, I do forest school at the moment and I manage that in a school um yeah I've done that bit
0: have you been <laughs> um, yeah. in, in key stage
1: two because you, you've come to us as a key stage two writer haven't you yeah yeah so um, I spent most of my time in key stage two and um, when I when I did my NQT year and my first three or four years I was in year five and six then I joined my next school and I was forest school lead outdoor learning lead and I stayed in. Um, Year five, six there as well, but I've now been moved back down into Key Stage one, which is nice. Yeah,
0: a nice difference for you as well when you've got all of
1: this knowledge now about going outdoors and absolutely, and it's great. But I mean, obviously, obviously, I just love Key Stage two. That's where my heart is. Okay, okay,
0: and that's where my heart. Feels. I love this. I love it. <laughs> it just brings reality to all of us, isn't it? We're doing a hundred and million jobs all okay. at once. This one, this it's one. fabulous.
1: Yeah, um, so Key Stage 2 is where my heart is, I suppose, and I think it's so important important that we get the big ones out because a lot of teachers find it hard to connect the curriculum to outdoor learning, or they don't have the time to do it, or they don't have the space to do it because the little ones are out all the time. You but, don't realise how rare you
0: are, though, in terms of your enthusiasm to take the kids out at Key Stage 2 um it's it what we do at muddy puddles is very new getting the key stage two staff out and key stage one at first I think EYFS and key stage one the schools and the teachers in general are more enthusiastic about going outside I think key stage two struggle with it I think they struggle with the workload they struggle with taking it away from the whiteboard and just being a bit more spontaneous outside but you seem to manage it so well
1: Oh, I just love it though, Sarah. It's just that way of life. And to see how the children adapt and how they learn outside. You can have a child who really struggles inside the classroom um, and they need to be outside. And then you just see them flourish, really. You see them do things you wouldn't expect them to do. Um, You also see different friendships. You see them working well together. Um, They communicate with you differently. They communicate with each other differently. Um, Even if you've got learning support with you or TAs, they find it all a different, it's my child coughing, sorry. <laughs> You've been working this morning, haven't you,
0: Jackie? You've come from work to home to doing a podcast. <laughs> Having a child coughing. How are we not insane? I don't know. Oh, I know, I know.
1: This is my busy day today. I'll have a chill day tomorrow. Yes, um, please do. <laughs> I just I just think it's so important. So I think we need to empower these two teachers with, the tools and the imagination and the desire to want to go outside. Um, it, is actually, it is actually the easier option, you know. You've got a class, and as you get to Key
0: Stage Two, sometimes you can have, uh, you know, many levels. You know, as lower down the school, you know, we we're, we're looking at less levels. But as you get up a school, you could still be having some children in nearly years' goals. So, Absolutely, actually yeah. going outside can be the easiest way. To uh, differentiate, the easiest way to include
1: everybody. Yeah, I agree. I do agree, and and it, it doesn't even have to be. I mean, I know I know some people. I've got other teacher friends who say, "Well, how do you find activities to do outside?" If, if you're doing forest school, for example, which I, I really I, I adore forest school, and obviously it's very different to muddy puddle because muddy puddle links to the curriculum. Forest school's yeah, got its yeah. own little ethos. And really- I, <laughs> I do both. The would be in forest all the time, wouldn't it? But you know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you yeah, have to link. So with the older ones, you can obviously follow the muddy puddle way and link with the um, link with your themes, link, link with your topics, link with your science, which I found is a really good way to link. Um, but in forest school, you can do smaller activities. You can provide them with the skills, with the tools. See my child behind having it's a little. Okay. <laughs> yeah, very very different way of learning but again it's empowering those children with um using tools and getting strength and resilience and and trusting themselves around them as well yeah Um, so so yeah i think it's really really important and it's just it's just amazing how you see these children change and flourish outside and you don't need to worry about thinking of all these extra activities and all these extra ideas because you can use I I do find sometimes I use activities that I would have done with maybe year two with some year five year six children but I just look at different ways of I look at different expectations I suppose for example if you're doing Robin Hood for example you're making um a bow and arrow um with the little ones you'd use things like um pipe cleaners to tie up with whereas with the older ones you can use string and you can move into knots so it's so easy to use the same activity but just have different expectations and outcomes.
0: Yeah I think so and that saves a lot of time I think sometimes we think we need to reinvent the wheel and we don't one little task can be simplified and extended throughout the year groups and what we've got to remember as well is that not all children are going to be great at one objective. And I say objective, not subject, and not even subject let's just take math for instance. You know, we, there'll be children that flourish with with shape and they're just amazing at shape and they just get that, yet they struggle with number. But we can even we can even make that even more specific and say that you know some children will flourish at certain objectives and yeah. not others. We've got to look at and stop generalizing children anyway into categories and just take every objective and every day as it comes and if that child is showing potential there on that day, just go for it. And I think this is what going outside gives you as a career perspective and, and better at when you, you start teaching is that then when I'm back in the classroom, I do start seeing the children differently. And I start to think, actually, you know, that child can be pushed. Come on, let's do that. Do that. And, and you just get so much so much from it, don't you? Anyway, we're going to come back to the forest school because we're doing forest school week this week on muddy puddle teacher. I think a lot of people sometimes think we're 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 not with forest school, but we are with forest school. What we need to make clear to people is we're not forest school, and yeah. I think sometimes people think we are forest school, and we're not. Even though yeah. me and you are level three forest school trained, aren't we? We yeah. definitely got our inspiration from it, but we're trying to get the children out even more because we appreciate. They can't go out and do forest schools all of the time. We'd love that, but it's not going to happen right now, right here in the world that we're living in. But no. we do want the children out more. So this is what Muddy Puddles is all about, is trying to get the people that might not be as outdoorsy as us, might not be able to do the sort of, I well, we want to do the fire and the tools and whatnot, but still want to go outside and, and take objectives outside. That's what we're about. But we'll talk about forest schools in a bit, because we've got your mum here.
1: Uh-huh. I have. there? Is she? is here. So this is Jan, this is my mum and um she has written a book that we'd like to talk about. Hi Sarah.
2: Hello. Hi, so Jan. where did you get the inspiration from for this book? Um well I actually had a dream, which sounds very silly, but... Uh, it
0: doesn't actually, because I've had lots of dreams that I've written down in the morning thinking that'd be an
2: amazing book. So when you said it, I thought i totally get where she's coming from. Absolutely. Well, I woke up at five o'clock and I thought, oh, that was a lovely dream. And I wrote it down because the next day you forget it. Yeah. So um, I, I, I quickly wrote it on some paper and um, I read it out to my mum and she said, well, that's a really good basis for a book. And I've always liked writing I've always enjoyed English at school and so I uh, I wrote the, that out as a, as a chapter and then before you know it I had 20 chapters so that was my first book and what's the book published. called again so the first book was Rani yeah. and her miraculous adventures and from there I went on to the book which you're interested in now which I think yeah. you've read yeah. yourself yeah um, and that's uh, Ronnie goes to Forest School. And because me and Jack are quite close, you know, I've helped to set up her outdoor sort of learning and I've tried to find, help her find resources, pipes and logs and yeah. bird feeders and what have you, just to help her. <laughs> the life of an outdoor educator. <laughs> well, that's it, even at my age. So, uh, so I just sort of got a few stories. So, I mean, one of the chapters is actually based on real life, event that happened to Jackie um, she actually um, got hurt at forest school and um and I wrote it in the book so that was one of the chapters um, it's it, 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 it just sort of evolved really Ronnie's is an Indian rabbit she wears a sari so for the first book she was in a you know different color sari to the second book and um the, the they live at the bottom of the garden and the they have the, the uh, humans, she calls them humans, they actually bought a field, and in the field they've got an animal sanctuary, which is book three, yeah. and they've got the forest school, which is book two, which is the book we're talking about. Um, so she's a bit angry to start with because it was a wilderness area and she liked that, and then suddenly it's a forest school area. Um, but she joins in with the children's lessons and they all make a welcome. She helps with the litter pick, and she goes with them when they go to the farm. And it's um, it's just about friendship with animals and being brave and inclusive. Really,
0: what sort of reader is it for? Is it for the children or is it
2: for the adults? Well, people have said they enjoy it. (laughs) It's sort of like easy reading. Easy reading, yeah. It's probably for sort of seven eight-year-olds yeah because what I've done is means it means yet I haven't quite
0: finished it yet but what we're doing my my daughter is is this I call her a flitter reader she sort of reads reads into a book and then she wants to read another book alongside the other book and then we've got three books on the go now so we're reading a chapter of three different books in one go oh gosh (laughs) oh dear I try never to, when it comes to reading, I try never to say no, because yeah. I kind of just want her to get her style of reading. But she's she's realised herself at the minute that she's reading far too many books. But oh. yeah, so she's been reading a chapter and I've been reading a chapter and she's really enjoyed doing that. But I think for Sienna, what she's really enjoyed about this book is that I used to do Forest Falls, I'm not doing it anymore, and she misses it. And so it's brought back all those memories for her the yes. you know of, of me and her doing the forest schools together when she was a toddler I used to take it to these groups but I also used to teach some as well and um, yes. so it's really brought that back for her and I think that's what's really nice about the book is that there's many links the children can make to their own life
2: yes oh that's good that's good um I mean there's some people at work they bought the book for their children and um that the, the one she said uh, as soon as book two came out, a daughter just her eyes lit up as they say, "Oh, great! Aww. More, more about this this rabbit who's quite sort of brave and yeah." And- she's quite a, a warm friendly rabbit and, and that so there's, there's,
0: there's this lovely cultural link which I really love this is real connection towards nature but there's also a lot of coverage of emotions and I think that's something that books lack sometimes is that you know I like the points where I can go to Sienna. what do you think about that how do you think that person's feeling and sometimes in in these texts they do do it through language, but sometimes it's not so obvious to them because they're only little and they don't really understand their own feelings, let alone other people's. And yeah. it's nice that this book gives you points to talk about that. And I think yeah. if I was a school teacher, I think this would be a great guided reading book for them to use in the schools.
2: Yes, because Ronnie herself has got sort of a sensory issue. She doesn't like noise. Yeah. Um, so she's sort of empathetic to a child who comes to Forest School for the day who's got SEN and um and she sort of gets him you know and um and he's nervous and by by him stroking the rabbit it's she's she's brought it brought him out of himself and so I've tried to explore things like that things that Jackie's talked to me about I thought well I'll try and explore that in the book and you know make a little adventure of it so um so hopefully you know enjoy it and it's and it's interesting for the children
0: and for a child who is struggling with sensory situations in their school and one of their early reading books is, is that I think they would be very pleased and I think it's another great discussion for the teachers to have with the whole class and the children about how some children do struggle with that situation yes it's lovely I think it's got so many things to it Uh, And we haven't even come to the end of it yet. So I can't wait to get to the end of it. I did share it with some of the Muddy Puddle teachers um, on the Instagram and they they were really pleased to have a, a book that covered Forest School because it's it has become so popular in schools. We all love it. Like me and Jax have just said, we'd love to do it all day long, but we just can't. We've got to cover this curriculum at the same time. And it's just giving every it's giving Forest Schools that notice it needs as well. That this is yes. a really important part, I think, of children's childhood is just stripping life back to basics, and yes. you know, really having this sort of like it's girl guides, isn't it? When I when I was younger, That's the right. kind of things I used to do at girl guides, um, it's bringing that back because I know that there's still girl guides and brownies around, but it's fitting it into people's busy schedule now, and I think the schools do it more, um, you know, it, it helps children get those experiences.
2: Yes, well, I've I've also done a little bit about um, work. Well, I called it Farm School because the farm is so involved with Forest yeah. School, um, and then I've also done a chapter on Beach School. So. Oh, wow. um, they don't actually go to the seaside, but the seaside comes to them. So, hey. uh, it's beautiful. interesting that you said about farm schools as
0: well. Because Jackie will know this, we're getting very passionate about it on our oh. Muddy Puddle teacher WhatsApp. Um, ah. Because Becky, one of our teachers, has brought farm animals into her school. Yes. She works oh. at a special needs school. But ever since I've mentioned it on the Facebooks and everything, we're finding these schools that are now doing it. So, I'm going to go and see a school soon. I think it's up near Leeds that's got us, it's a primary school and it's got all farm animals in it and the children have a shift every morning how amazing okay. is that
2: <laughs> well um we we bring in two goats into forest school I don't know if you've read that chapter yet i've got there yet um well the two two goats come in from the farm and then the it's a competition for actually naming the goats right I'll, I'll leave that with you so. <laughs> we'll find out the names Oh, <laughs> well, if you leave it to children you can get anything and everything can't you <laughs> there's a little competition in there, there that's wonderful cool.
0: is it's jackie cool. there at all so i can just have a quick chat with yeah. her Shall okay. yeah. we do no a stop worries. say are you, are you feeding now jackie yeah yeah he's just having fish fingers and broccoli which is nice oh, nice, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Right then, so we'll just get on to Forest School. So, Jax, tell us what it is
1: you love about Forest School. Gosh, well, there's so much I do love. Um, I just love to see, I just, it's, oh God, okay. I just like to see how it encompass, encompasses, encompasses, yeah. encompasses, you know what I mean, that word, everybody and all the love for learning, and you can just do anything in there that would just suit every single, child, every single child's needs. Um, I like seeing Children who are struggling in the classroom, just thriving out there. I like seeing children who would do really, really well in the classroom, perhaps struggle a couple of times because they're getting used to the area, but then show me a completely different side of their personality. They might be a bit more dominant, might be a bit more shy, they might be a bit more confident, you just don't know. Um, I like taking staff out there and giving them a bit of pastoral, calm time during staff meetings or during hard times, offset possibly, or in stats exam time. <laughs> um i just love the fact that you can be calm out there you can be mindful out there you can do literacy out there you can do numeracy out there you can take your science out there i've just finished i um, doing some planning for you on um, animal reproduction and how you can use that outside and who would have thought of that you know that's one of the worst subjects i can think of teaching yes and, I agree. that's why I sense- you. <laughs> I know. <thanks> so much. <laughs> so all of a sudden you can do that outside and you can have a really nice time with the children doing it um Obviously, forest school-wise, I love to have the fire as well. I find that really mindful. I love singing around it, um, marshmallows, s'mores, all that kind of thing. They absolutely um, love fire, though, don't they? They, they love do. fire. They just
0: watch it, and they're so calm by it, aren't they? Yeah. Just like in a trance. And um, then doing the
1: marshmallows. And,
2: and do. they just do. Just that nice
1: warm feeling, isn't it? It's like so, being loved by your grandma, isn't it? Absolutely. It's like, <laughs> so nice. I do it with my two boys as well, and they love it. Um, then building, just seeing what they can build, just being creative, a bit of dnt thrown in there and a bit of art. Um, I, I, just, I just love it. And I'm I'm I really rave for it. And so much so that I achieved um, the Forest School Association accreditation in my school. We were the only the second state school in the whole county to get it. Um, so that was really good and it was really nice to be recognized for what we were doing. Um, we also took forest school on trips. We went on trips to local woodlands and. Oh, good idea! We, yeah, it's great. Used our skills there. Um, took our tools with us. Obviously, didn't do fires because you know, you yeah. know other people's land. But um, you know, built, built dens, built things, statues. um Did some whistling. It, it was great. Um, it makes
0: you look at your indoor practice
1: very differently, though, doesn't it? Does. It? it really does, and and. So the second school I've been in, the one where I've got the Forest School accreditation, um, when I first started there, they weren't doing any outdoor learning, they weren't doing any Forest School at all, and they hired me specifically because they wanted to do that more. And um, the teachers found it quite quite hard to begin with, because obviously the children were coming in with wellies on, and they'd be wet or muddy, and we'd you know, be not making a mess, but just coming in onto the onto the um carpet and yeah. taking our wellies yeah. off. And And washing our hands and bringing taking things home clay models sticks they loved and painted things they'd made and it was just a big culture shock for the the whole staff to get used Um, to it and now we're talking um six years on they love it and other staff want to get involved as well and they use it i i see them sometimes i'm you know i'm doing sort of ppa in the morning Mm -hmm. and i look out and i can see other classes in the forest school now and i think oh wow that's so nice to see Yeah. yeah And you've been part of that and you've done
0: that, Jackie, so good on you as well. But it's also important what you've just said, that took six years. Well, I, I have lots of meetings with schools and they seem to think this is going to happen in a year. And I have to tell them that a year is the training. After that, you've got a lot more to come. You've got to remember, you've got four seasons here. You've got four different. Every time you just get confident at a season, another season will come and hit you in the face. And you've got to deal with the new natural resources, the new weather types. And you've got to get more creative once again. So, I I mean, really, three, four years for me is good embedding. But six years, really, that's what you're looking
1: at, aren't you? To really, really make this work. I think even in your training they ask you to do a three to four year plan don't they yeah because they're looking at you clearing dead wood they're looking at you clearing plants that you don't want they're looking at you planting more um setting things up so I, I think you have got to see it as a long-term plan rather than a quick fix definitely yeah, absolutely but it's, it's also important to know that you can do forest sport you can do muddy puddles anywhere I know that there's that I've got. Um, teachers who are in London and they haven't got very much outdoor space and they're just using a bit of the playground and making it that sort of area so don't ever be put off by the land or the amount of area you've got and i
0: think they do sometimes and i think this is where we come in you know sometimes we are that safety net for people that haven't got any because there are some that they they'll call me up and they'll go i've got a concrete jungle and that's yeah. what we've got you know what we're about is we try and get the nature in with our upcycled ideas and things like that to help them but then it might be that they get so confident i think sometimes they're so scared of doing forest schools because it's so different to anything they've ever done before if you've never been out and you never did these things as a kid i totally yeah. get it
2: yeah, and we give yeah.
0: you that stepping stone to them sometimes going actually we've now got so confident at this we're going to go and hire a bit of land near us and do forest schools over there so it can help either way can't it um but yeah just get your kids outside I think what the schools generally do with forest school is they hire someone in like they've done you um like they did me as well I was in my school and they trained me up to be level three and then I did the whole of the forest school for the whole school so I would have every half a term I'd have a class and every Friday afternoon I did it Is that the same
1: for you, Jack? Is that how you do it? So I'm PPA. Yeah. So um, on a Monday afternoon, I have one class and on Tuesday afternoon, I have another. So that's how we kind of do it. And then the mornings are just kind of the normal, you know, literacy, numeracy and outdoors if we can. The Forest School itself is the afternoons and it is PPA. Yeah. And is it just you trained in the school to do it? Just me. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, a lot like you.
0: Yeah, and I think for myself, that was quite a lot of pressure sometimes, especially when I was teaching year two full school. So I was teaching year two, I was an assistant head, and I was also doing forest schools for the whole school. So... (laughs) (laughs) A <laughs> little bit intense. And I think that's the only thing, if you just train up one member, and I know it's expensive, I totally appreciate it, when you just train mm. up one member of staff, that is a lot for one member of staff to do, if they're doing other duties as well. Absolutely. But, Jax, thanks ever so much, and thank you to your lovely mum. Just
2: tell us one more time what the books are called and your mum's full author name. Here you go. Yes, it's called Ronnie, goes to Forest School, and it's available on Amazon. It's 7 dollars 99 and um, that's for 10 20 chapters and i'm the author jan allen brilliant thank you ever so much ladies
0: remember to listen in to more episodes of the muddy puddle teacher podcast check out itunes spotify or ask alexa we have so many inspirational people from all areas of children and working with children and are you ready to train as a muddy puddle teacher now are you a forward-thinking person that wants to move your career forward then come along and join us our website's www.themuddypuddleteacher.co.uk it's a good muddy world to be in